0: Let's get it going here as we have another edition dead ahead. In, and speaking of deadheads, no. <laughs> Didn't want to quite put it that way, but we have news. One of the long-time, most respected journalists isn't
1: old
2: acquaintance be forgot? Who would that be? Never I thought you
3: were going to play Barbara Streisand's Memories. <laughs> I should have.
0: probably should have. But I thought old Lang Syne sounded pretty good. Because an old friend is getting ready to take the next step. And it's Joe Ganguish.
2: Well, I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss our farm team. We have
0: thousands of people who are going to miss you.
2: I've I've been here for, well, off and on for the last 20 years. That's right. That's a big part of my life, you know, because
0: yeah. I'm only 26. Sure. <laughs> which, <is why, laughs> <laughs> which is why we're not saying goodbye. We're just saying so long to Joe.
2: <laughs> so long for now. I'll still be in the territory. Going to work for uh, Monsanto for Fontenelle Hybrids. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll still be traveling the territory and will be an active listener
0: to the rural
2: radio network.
0: Well, you can throw us a bone now and again. <laughs> <laughs> But, Joe, but thanks for that I it has been that. so great working with you and you know I'm, uh, Joe and I go back a long time to more than this yeah, station yeah
2: Dirk helped me in my college career internship at a certain radio station in Kearney and that was fun working with him at that time It's fun working with you again here
0: yeah. Well, we're going to we're going to definitely miss you. Your dulcet tones, and not so much your face, but you know. <laughs> All right. So, what are the big plans here? Uh, here at are you are you just leaving us here with nothing or do you uh, do you have something that you can fill that hole with? So, you mean uh thoughts, uh, words of wisdom or I told it, you what I'd be doing. It, I I did. I'm I'm just talking <laughs> about, you know, with it, it you, you leave a giant hole to fill here on the air and everything hey, else See, I know we,
2: my answer to that is i'm leaving you in very good hands with mrs shaley peters yeah susan littlefield will be in here from time to time
0: don't forget dewey nelson yes so. it's a, a great great team that you've assembled you've done a wonderful job in the, well, in the time you. that you've been farm director and you followed uh, you you made some big footprints while you were here well thanks i'm good.
2: officially passing the torch
0: yeah over to shaley right let's now. let's get shaley in here and find out what is going on
4: Well, Dirk, and I'll miss Joe. So we started the exact same day, like four, almost four years ago. And uh, so now I'm, like, venturing out on my own. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. It'll be fine. But coming up during our uh, midday here, some big news coming out at 12.13. We've got a really good ag news segment coming up. We've got some news, an exciting announcement with Innovation Campus. Also, Tyson Poultry pleads guilty to Clean Water Act violations. So we'll have that coming up in your ag news at 12.13. Nick Lanzer's on at 12.19 from Crop Insurance Solutions talking about the margin protection plan. 12.45 will expand on that Innovation Campus announcement announcement, and at 117, Susan Littlefield's here with uh, Nebraska NRD, Kate Gibson of World Bank, Nebraska NRD being a template for the rest of the world and their resources.
0: So. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Jason, a word on sports. Rick Pitino, gone. <coughs>
3: he's coach of Louisville.
0: Yeah, he's saying, don't expect yeah. much longer.
3: AD's gone, too. Okay. There might Bob. Be some other guys gone.
0: All right. Yeah, quite a few people around it. Bob, quickly on business.
3: Technology and banks are leading gains on the U.S. markets, and we're keeping an eye on that situation.
0: Joe, best to you You always.
4: Bye, Joe.
0: Goodbye, Joe. This is Midday on the Rural Radio Network. Boy, I'll tell you what, I haven't seen the wind gauge this dead (laughs) since I I can't remember when.
5: Yeah, it's just, and it's going to stay very quiet over the next uh, 24 hours, at least here uh, right in central Nebraska. Just expecting some light winds. Enjoy it.
0: All right, we'll (laughs) definitely do it. And that holds on through tomorrow, as I understand it. Here is your Ag Weather with Paul Perkins, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation.
5: And we can all thank some high pressure just directly overhead, resulting in those sunny skies today. Temperatures. Right near seasonal, and as Dirk mentioned, those light winds and those light winds expected to continue on to tomorrow just because we don't really have much else in the way of weather systems moving through the plains. A weak area of low pressure is approaching from the southwest, and that will start to bring some chances of rain. Also, some clouds tonight over southwest Nebraska northwest Kansas as that area of low pressure approaches. Right now, it's kicking up a little bit in the way of light rain over central Colorado. Otherwise, uh, just a pretty quiet weather pattern across the area. Rain with this next system going to be on the light side since it's a weak one, and also the moisture supply limited. The rain chances do start to spread farther east as we could. Uh, continue to move towards Friday, but otherwise just some light amounts with this system expected. Now, the weekend does look a little more active, but nothing like we saw over this last weekend for some rain and thunderstorm chances. It will be more active. Thunderstorm chances start to go back into the picture for the weekend. We'll see a stronger area of low pressure approach from the northwest. That will increase the moisture and instability, but notice I said it's coming out of the northwest and not out of the southwest. If it was coming out of the southwest, we may be dealing with a little bit more, but since it 's coming out of the Northwest, a lot of the moisture and energy a lot of times gets wrung out over the mountains. That low will stay to our north, but it does push a well defined front southeast through the region for late Sunday into Sunday night for a likely chance that some thunderstorms. And there are some forecast models suggesting the potential for some severe storms. We will keep you posted when more is known as the week goes on. The forecast dries out for Monday and Tuesday. Our temperatures over the next seven days look to be near seasonal with the warmest days on Sunday and Monday when we could be just above normal. In the long term, it turns warmer. There's a very good likelihood temperatures in Nebraska and Kansas will be warmer than normal Sunday through October 10th. The precipitation forecast now holding on to above-normal rainfall for Nebraska and Kansas Sunday through the 10th, but it looks like those better chances of above-normal rainfall will be to our north towards Montana, the Dakotas, and Minnesota. The weather factors driving the markets today include drier conditions for the Midwest harvest and a continued high chance for rain in central Brazil. A cold front will push eastward across the Midwest and northeast to end a late-season heat wave. The harvest conditions right now improving in the western Midwest after rain this last weekend and some rain earlier in the week. Favorable harvest conditions are expected over the next 7 to 10 days. Significant precipitation expected to fall across the southern sections of the Rockies and Plains. With some 5-day rainfall totals of 2 to 4 inches or more from New Mexico into western and southern Texas, that moisture rather beneficial for the winter wheat planting and development. Over the weekend, dry weather should return to the south-central U.S., while late season warmth should return or at least continue across much of the country. An exception going to be the northern plains and northwest, where some cool, showery weather will start to develop over the weekend. Chances are pretty good much of the northern plains as we head towards the long term. will see some wet conditions to delay their harvest. Rain is forecast for central Brazil today after a dry period that held up the soybean planting. Additional rain is expected in central Brazil the next 5 to 7 days to improve that soil for their soybean planting and growth
0: well all righty then ag uh, weather with uh, paul perkins is brought to you by holdridge irrigation your ranking dealer now i noticed that you mentioned uh, that there is some potential for severity on sunday
5: yeah just some forecast models some of them advertising that potential severe weather especially if it does warm up and then that cold front moving through probably just going to be as that front moves through and not a Totally widespread event, especially since it's not going to be as warm and humid as it usually is uh, when we do see the more severe weather during the summer.
0: All right. So, as always, as we say, (laughs) stay tuned. You betcha. And we've got to keep you glued somehow, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) When you need weather, anytime. KRVN.com.
4: Tyson pleads guilty to water violations. Good afternoon. I'm Shaley Peters on the Rural Radio Network with a check of your ag news. Tyson Foods pleads guilty to criminal charges of violating the U.S. Clean Water Act related to a 2014 episode at the company's Monette, Missouri poultry plant. Justice Department officials say a Tyson contractor unloaded a liquid food supplement into a plant treatment system that wasn't designed to handle it. And after the substance found its way into the local water treatment plant, it resulted in the death of of more than 100,000 fish. Tyson's guilty plea includes paying a $2 million criminal fine and serving 2 years of probation along with paying $500,000 to restore area waters and hiring a third-party auditor to review its US facilities while improving training. Exciting news here at KRVN and the Rural Radio Network. We're growing. Bryce Duskett has more on the topic.
6: When the Nebraska Rural Radio Association formed in 1948, the goal was simple, to bring agriculture information of farmers and ranchers in this state. Since 1948, nine radio stations have been added, and the Rural Radio Network now has 17 affiliated stations. The Nebraska Rural Radio Association is excited to announce a new partnership. The Rural Radio Network and KRBN will be locating a news bureau and production studio at Nebraska Innovation Campus. Dan Duncan, Executive Director of Nebraska Innovation Campus, talks about why he values this partnership between the Rural Radio Network and KRVN and Innovation Campus.
7: We're really excited about having the Rural Radio Network on the campus. When we've looked at other research parks around the country, this is kind of a unique opportunity. Uh, But Nebraska is kind of unique. Um, You know, we have uh, a population that's very centered in the eastern part of the state. Uh, It's hard to get news out to part of the state, and we're really excited about being able to share with all Nebraskans what's happening on Innovation Campus, the companies that are here, uh, and the exciting ways Innovation Campus uh, will make a difference in their lives.
6: We're excited to continue serving agriculture, bringing you audio and video of the exciting research, events, and global innovation happening every day right here at Nebraska Innovation Campus. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Duskett.
4: A sweeping Republican plan to overhaul the U.S. tax code proposes to sharply reduce tax rates on business and many individuals, kicking off an effort by President Donald Trump and congressional leaders to build momentum for a challenging legislative push in the months ahead. The plan, which was obtained by the Wall Street Journal, calls for a 20% corporate tax rate down from the current 35%. Other businesses, which pay their tax bills through, through their owners' individual tax returns, would get a 20 25% top rate with unspecified rules that would prevent some wealthy business owners from paying that rate on what's considered wage income. The individual tax, ra- tax rates would be set at 12%, 25%, and with the option of a fourth higher rate on the highest income households, collapsing the individual tax structure from seven brackets to three or four. The plan would repeal the estate tax and provide a one-time tax on U.S. companies' stockpiled foreign earnings. Most producers are considered either pass-through businesses or pay taxes as individuals, which a Farm Bureau official says could mean some farmers could face an increase if thrust into the pass-through category. And the National Corn Growers Association today asked the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers to rescind the 2015 Waters of the United States rule and write a new rule that provides farmers with clarity and certainty, reduces red tape, and does not discourage farming practices that improve water quality. That's a Look at Your Ag News. I'm Shaylee Peters on the Rural Radio Network. Hurt. Shaley Peters joining you back here and we're gonna talk the margin protection plan with Nick Lanzer of Crop Insurance Solutions and Nick, this is something that's brand new for producers that's really going to help them manage risk on their operation, an additional plan that's now available here in uh, some new states. So why don't you just start off by giving us an update and kind of an idea of what exactly this margin protection plan is. This is something that's brand new. Why don't you start off by just kind of giving us an idea of what exactly the margin protection plan is?
8: Yeah, so in the past we've always been able to ensure against yield and price and now we have the chance to insure against the increase in our expected cost to produce a crop. Um, margin protection allows us to buy up to 95 percent coverage on the county the expected county yield and expected county revenue. Um, so it's, it's a brand new policy for Nebraska. It was in Iowa for the past two years and just expanded to essentially every state touching Iowa and a few others in the Corn Belt.
4: Now, why is this something producers might want to grab a hold of? What's the benefit to them?
8: Yeah, so the benefit to them is we can buy up to 95% coverage, and we have never been able to do that before with a federally subsidized product. Um, we can buy margin in addition to our standalone revenue or yield plan policies that we've been buying for years now and so it it gives the producer individual coverage as well as area-based coverage so some things that could happen with that is if the county experiences a loss on margin protection and the producer has a great year the producer could collect an indemnity from margin protection policy the reverse is also true if a producer experiences a loss on their personal farm but the county does great they will not be receiving an indemnity because the county didn't pay and that's where if you buy your individual revenue policy you're covered on an individual and a county-based policy you know margin protection being the area-based plan area plans pay more over time than any other policy does and if you look at the history of this policy had it been available in nebraska for the past 10 years it would have performed very well.
4: So kind of helps spread out that risk, which I know is something that a lot of producers are looking to do, especially given the current farm economy and commodity prices. And speaking of commodity prices, what does this look like with corn and soybeans?
8: Yeah, so being that this policy has a sales close date for September 30th for the 2018 crop year, corn and bean period is the last half of August, first half of September we're using the 2018 contracts. Corn is set at 397 for the 2018 policy and beans is set at 966 for the 2018 policy. So we already have our base price locked in. So something that producers can look at is say maybe use margin protection to protect against price decline. And then in the spring or in the winter when you're electing your revenue or yield plan policy, use that to protect against yield like we always have.
4: All right. And one more reminder there on that deadline.
8: Yeah, the deadline for this policy is September 30th. So that is the end of this week.
4: All right, thanks so much. It's Nick Glanzer with Crop Insurance Solutions talking to us about that margin protection plan. Again, a brand new plan that's available here in Nebraska now and some other additional states. And that deadline, one more time, is this Friday, September 30th. For that, And am Peters, and you're listening today to the Rural Radio Network.
0: It's midday on the Rural Radio Network, and it's time to check sports with Jason Jorgensen. Hey,
3: thanks, Dirk. Well, Rick Bettino reportedly has been fired as Louisville's basketball coach, as yet another scandal swirls around that program. According to ESPN, Patino is out on the eve of his 17th season in Louisville, a day after a Justice Department report alleged a Cardinals recruit was paid $100,000 by Adidas to sign with the school. Athletic Director Tom Jurich was also fired this morning after nearly 20 years at the school. One Nebraska's the Brascals, Annika Albright has been named the Sports Imports ABCA Division I National Player of the Week after earning her first career Big Ten Player of the Week accolade. The senior outside hitter guided the Huskers to a pair of Rose. Sweeps to begin Big Ten action. Albright averaged five kills per set while hitting 400. And Coach John Cook feels she has really stepped
7: up. Annie uh, just is, is playing her role really well, which is you know a true six rotation player. She's doing everything well for us, and you know, and, and uh, teams tend to let her go a little bit, and she's making them pay. This
3: weekend, it's another big one for the Huskers as they will host Minnesota and Wisconsin. World Series champion Cubs make another attempt at clinching a second straight NL Central title tonight in St. Louis. The Cubs' first attempt last night ended in an 8-7 loss to the Cardinals. Chicago sends veteran John Lackey to the mound while the Cardinals counter with Michael Waka. St. Louis is two and a half games behind Colorado for the second NL wild card spot. And the Twins are on the cusp of grasping the final American League playoff spot. A year after going 59 and 103, the worst record in the majors, the Twins this year are 83 and 74. They can wrap up the second wild card in their first postseason burst since 2010 with a win at Cleveland tonight or an Angels loss to the White Sox in Chicago. And Johnny Manziel won't be kickstarting his pro football career in the CFL this year. The league announced today that it won't approve a contract for the 2012 Heisman Trophy winner until next year, and that's only if he meets certain conditions. Those conditions are confidential, and so would be eligible to sign a CFL contract after the end of this year. And Iowa linebacker Josie Jewell has been at his best as a senior. Jewell, a preseason first-team All-American and the Big Ten's leader in tackles this fall, had 16 tackles, two pass breakups, a fumble recovery, and an interception, and the Hawkeyes' last-second loss to Penn State last Saturday night. That's all the good sports. Have a great day. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Stay tuned. More Midday is just ahead. You are listening to the Rural Radio Network.
9: Mostly clear skies tonight, Lows in the 40s. I'm Dave Schroeder. A presentation and panel discussion on bringing millennials home to rural Nebraska will take place at the October 10th meeting of the South Platte United Chambers of Commerce in Hastings. South Platte Community Development Committee Chair Ashley Rice Gerlach says the topic came out of the notion that every rural community will need to recruit a younger workforce. Gerlach says by 2020, millennials will be the largest segment of the U.S. workforce at 40 percent, so the presentation and the speaker panel will hopefully help communities with ideas on targeting how to bring them back home and what it takes. Gerlach says the meeting will address other concerns of younger workers, such as affordable housing. She says younger workers also want a more flexible work schedule.
4: It's how they work. Um, We typically don't necessarily like an 8-to-5 job with the technology that's available. Um, They also say that if you were to poll millennials, 70% of them say they would want to be their own boss.
9: The South Platte meeting will be on Tuesday, October 10th at First Street Brewery in Hastings. The business meeting at 4.30, followed by a social time and meal, and a 6.30 presentation and panel. The former CEO of Goodwill Omaha, who was forced out last October in a salary scandal, says in a lawsuit that the charity owes him more than $1 million. Frank McGree said in a lawsuit that the Goodwill Board has refused to pay his $550,000 severance. That amounts to two years of base pay, and he says the board agreed to the severance even if his departure was involuntary. It's been widely reported that McGree resigned, but the lawsuit says he was terminated without cause. The lawsuit also says McGree is owed around $500,000 in retirement benefits. Officers with the Nebraska Bankers Association say they're continuing to support agriculture in tough economic times while making sure they learn from the mistakes of the banking crisis in the 1980s. Chair-elect David Denell, CEO of First State Bank in Loomis, as bankers are preaching diversity in ag operations while continuing to support the number one industry in the state. I uh, think and Nebraska, $12.5 billion were lent last year in the state to finance ag production and
3: farm real estate. So uh, certainly banks lead the charge when it comes to financing ag operations. And for the majority of our customers, we look to stay involved. There may be a few tough decisions that have to be made, but that's
9: no different than has been in, been in this industry for as long as banking's been around. Trusted charities are accepting donations for hurricane disaster relief. You can find links to them at krvn.com. In the News Center, I'm Dave Schroeder.
4: Exciting news for KRVN and the Rural Radio Network. I'm Shaley Peters joining you today and I've got, uh, Tim Marshall here with KRVN and Executive Director of Nebraska Innovation Campus, Dan Duncan with us as well. And Dan, I'll let you talk about this exciting news.
7: Yeah, well, well, thank you, uh, for the opportunity to visit. I, you know, we're real excited to have KRVN Rural Radio uh, network uh, on Innovation Campus uh, with a broadcast studio that's going to help connect what we're doing on the campus and the university as a whole uh, with really the entire state.
4: All right, and I've also brought in with me here General Manager for KRVN, Tim Marshall. And Tim, you talk about uh, the KRVN side of this partnership as well.
10: Yeah, Shaley, we're very excited. We've been working with Dan for a few months now, and today is our official announcement that we will have a studio down at Innovation Campus. We feel like that our our uh, partnership with the University for so many years can be taken to another level with having a direct studio on the campus we'll be able to be at the cutting edge of the things that they're doing on the campus and be able to relay that to the people of Nebraska and I think that's the biggest thing that really we're excited about is we have a direct uh, partnership with Innovation Campus which if, if you haven't been to Innovation Campus, wow what a facility!
4: And, Dan, touch on how KRVN will really work well with the idea and the goals that you guys have at Innovation Campus.
7: Well, um, the, 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 the overall goal for the campus is really to uh, help promote economic development through uh, technologies developed at the university and other places, giving, giving those technologies a place to really take off interact with with large companies and really help uh, the entire uh, economic development of the state. Uh, And I think one of the things that will really be valuable for us is we can tell those stories with uh, the rural uh, areas of the state and let them know how Innovation Campus uh, is affecting their lives in a positive
4: manner. I'll let both of you touch on this a little bit. I'll start with you, Dan. Talk about the work put in to get this partnership put together.
7: Well, it was, um, it, you know, as these things go, it was remarkably easy. Uh, KRVN's been uh, just wonderful to work with. Uh, they've made decisions in a timely manner, and uh, uh, we they knew from the beginning what, what they wanted out of it. We talked about what would help us, and you know, we're we're real pleased that part of their uh, commitment to the campus uh, is providing uh, a sponsorship for the club, which will give students and faculty a chance to network uh, to a greater detail with private companies.
10: And I think, from our point of view, working with Dan and the, and his folks at Innovation Campus. Has been real seamless for us and I think it really goes back to the long partnership that KRVN and the Rural Radio Network has had with the university and some of the folks that we've talked to they know us and it was the, the thing that we, we have to be voted on by the board to be a part of this and and uh, I think we the KRVN name kind of helped on that don't you think Dan?
7: Yeah, all companies out here have to be um, uh, vetted uh, by us, and then we have to convince our board of directors that uh, they're the type of partner that we want on campus. And, and this was a really a, a, a very easy sell to the board.
4: All right, very good. So glad to be part of this partnership. Any additional comments while we've got you here, Dan?
7: Well, no, i just just uh, like to... Uh, uh, thank uh, KRVN and the uh, Rural Radio Network uh, for their support of Innovation Campus. And we look forward to uh, developing the par- this partnership uh, in many different ways over time.
4: All right. Thanks so much. It's Director Executive Director Dan Duncan of Nebraska Innovation Campus. As we uh, start this partnership, kick this off, Tim, you're here with me still. Talk to us about what this looks like going forward
10: well what it looks like going forward is we will have a person on location bryce duskett we have hired him he's got great experience in both the audio and video side so he can help take this to another level it gives us an opportunity to see the new things that are being coming out of innovation campus that they will share with us and um other media don't necessarily get that in in the timely fashion that we will be getting it and I think one of the biggest things for us is so much happens in Lincoln and having a person On location, in Lincoln, Innovation Campus, we can cover things very quickly. And we have done a good job in the past, but I think this will even give us more timeliness on some of the things that happen at Innovation Campus or at the university or in Lincoln as a whole.
4: And you talked about this a little bit, but the feel of it, I mean, it's an actual studio there on Innovation Campus. We'll really be able to do anything from there.
10: Right. We will. We can bring audio. We can bring stuff for the radio stations, for the network. We can bring video, which is a platform that we're growing every day. And uh, you can actually see a result of that on our website at krvn.com. More information about this partnership and a, and a great video that kind of describes it a little bit more.
4: All right. Any additional comments uh, as we kick this partnership off and really get rolling in Lincoln?
10: This is something that is just cutting edge technology for us and I think it's a great way to get more information to our listeners and people that will be watching the videos and to be able to reach the whole state of Nebraska with the information and the news that they want coming out of Innovation Campus.
4: Thanks so much Tim Marshall, General Manager for KRVN as KRVN and the Rural Radio Network kick their partnership off with Nebraska Innovation Campus I'm Shaylee Peters on the Rural Radio Network
11: financial resource district being put on a global stage. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Kate Gibson is a program coordinator for Water for Food. She helped to coordinate the event that brought folks from the World Bank to check out what the NRD is doing.
1: So just last week we hosted a group of about a dozen folks from the World Bank, which is a large financial organization that's part of the UN. Um, and they came here specifically because they were interested in in how Nebraska manages water resources. And this stems from our annual conference. They came, they met with some of the folks in the NRD and were really interested in what's going on in Nebraska, which led to their trip last week.
11: Did it, did it surprise you at the extent of what their reaction was when they got here and actually could hold those conversations?
1: Yeah, yes and no. So the group, they came from maybe five countries um, and they were wowed by the NRDs, just blown away. And they were very engaged. They were so impressed by the amount of knowledge that the folks in the NRDs had that they met with. Um, and that was surprising yet, it wasn't. You know, I think we take the NRDs for granted being here in Nebraska. But they're really a super unique system. There's nothing like it in the world. So seeing these conversations about how we can translate the great work being done by the NRDs to a global stage was really exciting.
11: What were some of the things that they they had questions about and wanted to, to further their knowledge to be able to mm-hmm. take it back to the yeah. low base? So
1: lots of different things. So The NRDs are a great system of local management so people living and working in their own community have an opportunity to manage their resources and that's pretty unique And that other countries might have tried that but with varying degrees of success. They were really Really interested in this trust aspect that a large part of why the NRDs work is that there's trust. People trust the technical staff. They trust their board members. They have a say in electing those board members. They were also very interested in the integrated management plan. So these are very detailed plans on paper. But here's what's really important. Those plans become reality. Many countries might look great on paper, but when push comes to shove, you know, things aren't enforced. It's not talked about and things fall apart. So the fact that these plans are happening and being implemented was something that they really wanted to find out. How does this work? How do the policies and governance come together to make a really high-functioning system?
11: I understand, too, that you guys kind of have the boots on the ground aspect of it, Mm -hmm. taking them out into the countryside, to meet with directors, to meet with producers, Mm -hmm. as to how the programs work.
1: Yeah, exactly. We were able to go to four different NRDs. We didn't have that much time. Obviously, it would have been great to see them all. But going out and seeing the land the land even. As you move from east to west Nebraska, precipitation varies a lot, and that is reflected in the policy of the NRDs. So meeting with the farmers, meeting with board members and the staff was really valuable. Some of them had never seen the center pivot before, so that was really cool, too.
11: Did they, I mean, obviously during that, that opportunity to talk and have that discussion, was more of what they had seen on paper that the NRD became more of
1: a reality and maybe brought in some more questions? Yeah, definitely. We tried to give them a pretty good brief Thing before about here's how the NRDs work. They were provided with as much of the IMP and other regulations as possible. So when they came time to meet with the NRD folks, they had lots of questions. They got to see the reality. you know, See everything working in place. Yeah. So it's just been a week,
11: but where do they go with this information and how much of a tire are you guys going to continue to have? Yeah,
1: yeah we had some great conversations, some great takeaways. They will continue to stay in touch with the NRDs that they met.
11: My conversation with Kate Gibson with Water for Food. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio
12: Network. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. Grain futures were higher. And Joe, excuse me, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain is with us. John, is this positive for the market when you see wheat leading the way?
13: Exactly, I think that 's uh the way you got to take it here where you know when the market rallied there this summer, it was led by wheat and and then you know back in February when we caught a little pop there, it was rally, rallied by wheat think shorter term, this grain stocks report, for the first time in a while, we're starting to see some of the bulls come out and uh, you know maybe be optimistic about some of the data. It's been a long time, Dewey. I mean, i would to say a couple of years since we've seen a USDA report on wheat that's been surprisingly bullish. And I'm not saying this is the one, but I think there's some attitude out there that uh, you know the spring wheat abandonment story might show itself and uh, you know put a little pressure on some of the uh, on some of the commercials out there who have essentially been sitting here selling the carry. I will say there's a little confusion with the 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 price movements higher and we're seeing these spreads widen out. Uh December over December corn now at a record and not a record a contract low of forty five. Uh you got the wheat spreads very, very wide and then the bean November over November somewhere around the uh twenty cent level which is pretty much in the contract low. So if there is a bull rally it's coming from the fund buying and speculative interest, not from the commercial side yet and that could be construed as bullish, as if the commercial side would jump on board, maybe it's even further push.
12: You've mentioned, and maybe others have mentioned too, December, Chicago weight ends the day above that 4.60 level. What does that signify?
13: Well, I mean, not a whole lot. I think technically there's some levels here that you want to see it climb through. I think, you know, back, back when we were trading sideways before the run-up this summer, there was a consolidation point on the December chart, say somewhere right around, oh, I'd even say it was probably back before this, but, uh, you know, the low end of it would have been 470. So the next moving averages you're looking at, in my opinion, the 100 day up around 474, and then the 200 day up around 484. You start cracking above that, you know, I think a run towards 5 is in the cards. Now I'm telling folks here, don't get bullish as we start to rally here. This is your opportunity to get yourself set up, either if you're going to be playing a wheat a year from now, or, I guess, seeding wheat now, uh, growing, harvesting wheat a year from now, or if you have wheat to sell, this might be, be your opportunity here over the short run. The funds are long wheat. They're going to start to pile in here. There's a little, little question mark for me.
12: And couldn't the market have gone higher if the dollar was lower, but it rallied today?
13: You know what? I, you wonder if the dollar maybe be wagging the dog the other way here. I think a stronger dollar might signify a uh, better optimistic at, at inflation, and that could be good for commodities right now.
12: Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Be sure to go to DanielsAgMarketing.com. Corn finishes the day one and a half to two and a quarter higher. Soybeans pretty much the same. Dewey Nelson reporting.